0: AgriTalk is brought to you by Full Scale from Helena. Grow strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from Full Scale at Reproduction. And by propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. How tightly wound are global grain supplies? We'll take a look at that and what it means for U.S. grain prices. And after it looked like the grain markets were adding to the upside momentum of the past few days, either the buyers left or the sellers came back into the corn, soybean, and wheat markets.
1: Live from the summit of hump day via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk. This afternoon, it's a conversation with the commodities cowboy himself, Carl Setzer from AgriVisor, and right after the news, Todd Bubba Horowitz from BubbaTrading.com. I'm handsome newsman Davis Michaelson. Now, welcome the host of AgriTalk, Chip Flory. All
0: right, Davis, thank you so much. Yep, I've been watching the radar, and I, I'm I'm assume that you have uh, have picked up the rain, right?
1: We've 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 gotten a few showers. Yes, okay. we
0: have. Yeah, and the snow continues to come in uh, in our direction. So. You know, I'm trying to figure out the best way to to do it because I hate it, I hate it, I hate it to have to drive over the cement pad out front when there's snow on there. So yeah. usually I'll get up and, and you know, scoop that first before mm-hmm. I start moving snow. I think I'm going to put my snow mover in the garage tonight.
2: Uh-huh, uh-huh. You
0: know, park the truck up in the barn. I think, well, why not, huh? Does this make sense to you?
1: Yeah, see, here's the Doesn't thing. Though. It, then you then you got to walk clear over to the barn to get into the truck, though.
0: Yeah, but if I if I push the snow first, then I can you know swap things around in the morning.
1: Uh huh. Uh huh.
0: You know, you like I it to me I it like falls into yeah. to me it falls into the work smarter, not harder thing. I like this, and I'm 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 all for that.
1: I'm going to endorse this idea. Yes, that. Correct. Or you that's, could lay in enough supplies so that you don't have to leave for, like, another week when it, <laughs> when it turns tropical again and it takes yeah. care of itself. Right. There's that. Right, yeah. That's yeah, been my that, approach.
0: That's not a bad thought as well. Uh, I mean, you know, get the firewood tonight. Uh, yeah. You know, make sure that uh, that that the meat supply is up and ready to go. You know what? It, it kind of all makes sense to me. It really And does. I, got a,
1: I got a feeling the meat supply is already ready yeah. to go, right? It is. It, I mean, is there is. even any room All in right, your freezer right enough,
0: now? Let's get a gallon of milk and a loaf of bread. We'll be fine. Oh
1: <laughs> boy. <Attaboy. laughs> All right, let's get to the news. Sure thing. Well, wheat futures traded higher early in the session but turned lower after mid-morning and drifted downward to a low-range close, the chance for rain in U.S. hard red winter wheat areas may have limited buying interest, but much of the price pressure was tied to a lack of export demand for U.S. wheat and the US dollar index rally from moderately lower levels back to unchanged. Money flow through the wheat market spurred a four day upside correction, leading to today's lower close. March hard red winter wheat features fourteen and one quarter cents lower, eight forty one and one half. March SRW wheat down nine and one quarter, seven forty two and a half. March spring wheat closed at nine oh one down fifteen cents, Chip.
0: Yeah, and it looks like China's gonna sell some more wheat out of the state reserve. So it means another week without a lot of Chinese buying interest in the global market.
1: The U.S. dollar was trading lower and the crude oil market was higher at mid-morning. Those outside market factors helped corn trade higher. But when the dollar rallied back to unchanged and crude oil dropped more than $3 from session highs, corn prices were dragged lower. March corn futures opened lower, rallied through resistance at yesterday's high, and then fell back to post a low-range close. March corn futures four cents lower, 681 and one quarter. May corn down three and one half cents, 679 and one quarter. July corn futures closed at 668, down four and
0: one half cents. But that March contract did close above 680 after spiking that pivotal level. So we didn't, we didn't lose, we didn't do that much technical damage to the market today
1: march soybean meal futures spiked to a new contract high triggering a round of profit taking in the form of long liquidation march bean futures traded to the highest level since june 13 before the downside correction in meal triggered a solid sell-off march beans posted an outside trading day with the high range open and a low range close soybean oil futures held on to slight gains but after crude oil turned lower Bean oil closed well below session highs. March beans fifteen and one quarter cents lower twenty four and one half. May beans down sixteen cents. Fifteen twenty-one and one half. July beans closed the fifteen fifteen down eighteen and one half cents, Chip.
0: Yeah, that outside trading day with the high range open and low range close. But those the open and the close were both within the range that we saw yesterday. So it's a a little bit of added volatility in the market, but it really gives you no signal which direction prices are going next.
1: March cotton futures opened steady and on session lows, then rallied sharply before pulling back to post a mid-range close. March cotton was 199 points higher, 84.81. Livestock's February fat cattle futures posted an inside trading day with a mid-range open and a low-range close. Traders have grown tired of waiting on the cash cattle market to trade higher. February Fats 20 cents lower, 156.80. April live cattle firm to 12 and one half cents to one sixty twenty-two and one half. March feeder futures up forty-two and one half cents, one eighty-one seventy-two and a half. And on the snout side, February lean hogs gapped lower, rallied to fill the gap. Then persistent selling kicked in again to force a near session low close. Chart watchers now targeting the October second low of 7640. February hogs 112 and one half lower. 7732 and a half in April Hogs one ninety-two and a half and a half cents uh $1.92 and a half cents lower 8620 that October 2 low of 7640 is in range chip
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, it absolutely is within range. Thanks Davis. Hey, let's let's check together and see if Bubba is there. Bubba, are you there? I don't think Bubba is there. Doesn't sound like it. So, you know uh, hopefully we're going to get him here in just in just a moment, uh, but uh, the the money flow and the 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 price movement that we saw today. Oh, have we got Bubba? <laughs> not not hearing him yet. <laughs> the money flow and the price movement that we saw today, I think is. I'm not hearing anything,
3: Joe.
0: Oh, there, there Bubba. You are, Bubba. we got you, Bubba. We heard Go. you. Joe. Hey, don't say Uh-oh. anything bad, Bubba. Oh, hey, no. let's pot him down. De- you de- never know de- what's going to come de- 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 out of his <laughs> mouth.
1: Woo! <laughs> Just keep talking, Davis. Keep laughing. Keep Roll laughing. that beautiful white noise. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, boy. So I, the, I think the money flow that we're seeing in the markets right now is in line with what Bubba has been expecting to see. And the reason that I say that is because we are seeing some money flow from the outside markets, crude oil, currencies, into commodities. I think we can even include some flow of funds from equities into commodities and back again. So i, I, I it feels like, to me anyway, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it feels to me like the markets are gearing up for a round of uh, – I guess I would call it more typical trade. Get out okay. of the holiday markets and into well, the the and and into the what we would normally expect to see in these markets. It's one of the reasons that I think it's important to mention that so many markets had outside trading days today. We are expanding the volatility in there, and things are really starting to happen.
1: You things see what really I mean? are starting to happen. Wow! How'd yeah, you do yeah. that? I don't that was know. awesome.
0: It certainly well, is. Was. I, uh, am I in Baba, oh, <laughs> eh, hey, what buddy. Noise? We're going to try to get you for yeah. the end of the show if you're available because we're out of time in this segment and got to get to the break. We'll see if we can get you for the end of the show. All right. That is top. <laughs> That <laughs> Carl was almost, from AgriVisor was, coming up. Coming up next. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah.
4: To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything.
1: We've cleared the schedule for you. Give us a call at 855-482-5524 and join the conversation.
0: Clear the schedule for the ladies. But that sounded completely normal. How can you do it completely normal and then just lose all sense of the ability to, uh, uh, of the cadence of a phone
1: number? I'm a professional. These are the gears I'm able to shift on live radio. Yes. Wow! Fantastic. I'm aware. You know there there may be there may be billions of people there may be entities listening who aren't even a part of this terrestrial existence. We don't know. We don't have the technology to find no, out. You're. you're and right. you know what? Right. I'm unfazed. Why? Because I'm a professional.
0: I gotcha. I Freaking gotcha. broadcaster. Speaking baby. of that. Speaking of that, have <laughs> you seen that there has been a like a huge increase in the number of UFOs reported? Uh, it's,
1: uh, is it uaps now i don't, think they changed yeah, yeah, it to yeah um yeah,
0: whatever ufos
1: an unsomethinged aerial phenomenon but yes right. there has been a spike absolutely i think uh,
0: it's unidentified aerial. unidentified yeah
1: perhaps but it's undeniable it? aerial phenomenon, <laughs> aerial mm, phenomenon. they don't baby. tell you what it stands for they don't tell you they just leave it up to you you know
0: well, I think you just did a nice job of putting putting something on it. But yeah, it's weird. And some yeah. of them they'll say they'll say, "Oh no, listen, we know what that is. Here it is." and explain sure. it. Sure. And then like a huge number of them they just leave as unidentifiable.
1: I think I they, saw one one time. We can get into that another time.
0: I think I I, I think I saw
1: one wait. once, I
0: think. I I cannot wait to hear this.
1: Well, it's not really that exciting. I mean, ah, I, I hear didn't get it. taken I to the, to the mothership or anything. I mean, I, I could embellish a little bit.
0: <laughs> well, I'm sure you could.
1: I'm going to work on it right now.
0: Very good. All right. While well, we have the conversation with Carl Setzer from AgriVisor. Carl, my friend, how are you?
5: Doing fine, Chip. Doing fine. How about you?
0: Doing real good. Real good. Glad to talk with you again. Uh, so, hey, What do you what do you make of the price action that we saw that we have seen in the grain since the USDA reports on January 12th?
5: Yeah, I I think what we're seeing, Chip, is is a lot of rebalancing a lot of, you know, we were thin headed into that report on on trade volume. You know, lack of fresh news and, and, you know, trying to recover from the holidays you name it, throw something at the wall. It's what was taking place. We got that information out. Obviously, the knee-jerk reaction we rallied, uh, especially corn soybeans, rallied them up. But now all of a sudden, it's like, okay, now what? Yeah. Now what do we do? Where's the next source of information? And and you know, here's the thing, Chip. When you look at the market, tell me something I don't know. Right. And that is what we're dealing with right now. Yep. And I'm not saying it's all doom and gloom, but, you know, there's a reason that they call this time of year the winter doldrums. Right. And today, you know, you, you look at the trade volume, pretty light, really. I mean, it, it was okay, but it wasn't fantastic. But we're also starting to see more and more chip of a shift away from the United States. And what happens here especially okay. on soybeans, to the global market. Okay. We're seeing a lot more look at the global market, and I think today's trade really drove that home. Okay, why? What, what happened today that makes you think that? You know, it started a little bit yesterday, Chip, but, it, you know, and this is a bit of a fallout from from what we had, you know, in the, the WASDE report last, last week. Case in point, U.S. soybean stocks to use, 4.8%, 210 million bushels. That's that's at a, a level that would warrant price rationing, and I do yeah. not disagree with that. Global soybean carry out 103.5 million metric tons. Mm-hmm. It's the highest we've seen in four years, if my numbers are, are correct. Mm-hmm. The the soybean situation isn't a global situation chip, it's a US situation. Yep. And we're staring down the barrel of 153 million metric ton soybean crop coming out of Brazil. And you can talk the harvest delay is all you want. A harvest delay doesn't mean a smaller crop. Yeah. And in fact, you could start to be leaning towards bigger. And I mean, there's whispers coming in of 160 million metric tons down there, which we do not. Uh, the global market doesn't need that right now. Yeah, but. That's, that's the train that's coming at us, so, and I think today's market drove that home. So what happens
0: if if the U.S. stocks remain tight, which I think they're probably going to? Uh, well, you know what? I shouldn't say that because boats run both ways out of the U.S. Are we looking at a situation that, that uh, we're going to fix some of our supply issues here in the U.S. and that 4.8% stocks-to-use ratio? which is very tight fix that
5: by importing some beans into the southeast or something like that I, I think I think imports are inevitable I think we'll see imports um we see them every year the question yeah. is how much right the thing is when 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 soybeans rally to the point where you know cost plus freight is cheaper than what they are here you'll see imports pick yeah. up But our domestic demand, you got to throw a little bit of a question after, you know, yesterday that NOPA report came out, shocked everybody with lower numbers Mm -hmm. and and trade is sitting here saying, well, you know, the the excuse was we had bad weather in December. Well, you had bad weather in parts of December and parts of the United States, but let's look at marketing year to date, the first four months of the year, September, October, November, December. A cumulative crush in the United States: 488 million bushels. That's a, a three-year low. Okay. Our domestic demand is good, but I think we've just dialed in, you know, a little bit maybe on the top side on the demand. And I'm not saying it's we're going to implode here, Chip. And I, okay. I do go back to the fact, and I agree with you. 210 million bushels is tight. Yeah. But yep. two things: we're yep. we're rationing demand. That's that's evident. But a bigger thing, Chip, and I'll tell you, never underestimate the U.S. farmers ability to produce themselves out of a tight situation. Right. Right.
0: You know, going back to Thursday's reports again, the the tightening of this of of the U.S. situation and the potential flush supplies of the of the global market was reflected in the USDA taking 55 million bushels off the 2022-23 soybean export estimate. But they left the crush estimate unchanged at a record level. If they start whittling away at that, Carl, uh, once again, it's going to feel like $15 handle on beans is a little pricey.
5: Yeah, yeah, it's... You know, it, it, you, you look at all things considered, you look at, you know, global currencies, global production, where we're sitting with U.S. demand, um, you know, I, I, by no means do I think it's, it's you know, I, I, I have a feeling we've seen our highest demand estimates okay. of, of the year. You just answered in, my next a, question there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think our production, you know, is in line, but okay. you know, I, the, I do think maybe the USDA is a little rich on demand right now. And really if, you know, let's, let's, if, if the market does its job and price rationing is working, mm-hmm. that should be the highest demand we see yeah. of the year. Yep. Exactly. Exactly.
0: USDA took 150 million bushels out of the corn export estimate as well
5: I I would assume that that makes sense to you Yeah yeah okay. I, I I'm not going to disagree with that at all matter of fact to, to see an, another scaling back in exports I mean look at what we've done since that data was collected mm-hmm. and and I realize we have a, you know we do have a fair amount of the marketing year ahead of us. But, you know, typically first quarter is where you see your greatest demand. Yeah. And and now we're seeing, you know, Brazil come out, January exports at 5 million metric tons. Their exports are not slowing at all. And, you know, the, the big thing in the market is, well, you know, they'll exhaust that and they'll have to buy from the United States until we get, you know, the next, the next crop out of Brazil. Chip, I don't, I don't underestimate brazil's ability to totally exhaust their corn supply if they can sell it and make more money on it than using it internally guess what they will sell it yeah absolutely (laughs) especially especially when their main source of income tells them we need your corn yeah so if if we if we continue to
0: hold corn 650 plus old crop 650 plus or is there going to be a boat loaded with corn next to that boat loaded with beans coming into the southeast?
5: I I don't know as if we'll see that. Okay. Um the, You know, there's you know you look at the quarterly stocks. They're they're tight. They're, I mean they're very tight. The the, the inventory number we got. Okay. But there's there, the corn supply. I th- it's not near as dire, okay. you know is is yeah. what we what what soybeans especially would be. especially east
0: of the Mississippi especially Correct. east of the Mississippi yep okay all right hey when we come back we got to talk a little bit more about what these supply situations the global supply situations the signal that that is sending US farmers for 2023 plantings we'll do that next
1: Time now for news of note from Pro Farmer. India's soy meal exports could more than double in 22-23 as drought in top exporter Argentina lifts global prices. Overseas investors increased their holdings of Chinese bonds in December, snapping a record of 10 months of outflows. Consumer inflation in the Eurozone eased to the lowest level since August, this amid continued declines in energy prices. British consumer prices rose 10.5% annually in December, down from the 41-year high in October. The Biden administration's Waters of the U.S. definition details are in today's Federal Register. The definition reflects regulations in place before 2015, with adjustments based on court rulings since that time. News of note taken from the pages of ProFarmer Get more at tryprofarmer.com opinions expressed on agritalk do not necessarily reflect the views of farm journal broadcasting affiliate stations or sponsors in the morning you're coffeed up and you're thinking in the afternoon you've calmed down but you're still thinking we're here all day agritalk
0: welcome back to agritalk i'm chip glad that you're with us this afternoon Oh! Did you see Is that? There some, some Did you see sort that? Of, what? What was it? I don't. I, don't I can't identify it.
1: I only saw it out of the corner of my eye.
0: Yeah, but I. It Weird. sounded like full stereo.
1: Sounded like something. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Wow.
1: Some sort of phenomenon.
0: Okay. Yeah, We'll have to, we'll have to, keep, <laughs> we'll have to keep track of that. <laughs> it's a little earworm for you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Um, welcome back chip davis Uh, we're in the middle of a conversation with carl setzer from agrivisor before we get back to carl let's go ahead and recap where the markets closed
1: well chip march hard red winter wheat futures were 14 and one quarter cents lower 841 and one half march soft red wheat down nine and one quarter 742 and one half march corn futures four cents lower 681 and one quarter july corn futures closed at 668 that's down four and one half cents today March soybean futures, 15 and one quarter cents lower, 15, 24 and one half. July beans closed at 15, 15, down 18 and one half cents. March cotton, 199 points higher, 84.81. Livestocks, February fats, 20 cents lower, 156.80. March feeders were up 42 and one half cents to 181, 72 and a half. In February, lean hog futures were a buck 12 and a half lower, 77.32 and one half. That's your quick market recap. Back to you, Chip.
0: All right. Thank you very much, Davis. Carl Setzer from AgriVisor is our guest analyst today. Okay, Carl, um, figuring out these global supplies based based on the private estimates coming out of Argentina versus the. The, the the estimates from inside of argentina from the grain exchanges versus usda's we we always talk about usda dragging their feet on south american estimates it it seems a little excessive on the foot foot dragging this year doesn't it
5: uh, yeah yeah, there the the discrepancy there is 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 absolutely Why? huge, and yeah, and depending upon who you talk, I mean, everybody's right, obviously. Just to ask <laughs> them. Yep. The thing is, Chip is, and this is what I go back to. The crop is still being planted. You know, Argentina has split their planting season, and I think this contributed today to the weakness as well. We got rains coming in. Um you know, to Argentina, a little bit wetter forecast, looks like it's going to be a little more favorable for these later crops. You know, it's, it's when you, when you see something like that, you see a race to the downside when it's, when it's bad. And you see a race to the upside when it's good. good. You know, I'm not going to split hairs here and say, okay, this is what Argentina is going to be. I, I actually agree with the USDA, what they did last week. You know, they, they, they lowered production, um, you know, on on the, on the Argentine, uh, corn and, and soybean crop, but they made small adjustments. And I think, I think that's, I, I, I stand by that. Okay. Because then you don't have to come back later on and adjust it upwards. Right. You know, and then all of a sudden, you know, you can't win for losing in that. But I do agree with the smaller reductions. You know okay. Have we taken the top off the crop? Absolutely. There's no. There's no doubt we have taken the the drop off. You know the top off. But I don't think the losses are as great as as some of the the reports we get.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. If they do start planting beans again, isn't it like planting beans in the middle of July up here?
5: Yeah, it's it's going to shorten up the the window, but look at how many people you know. And I am going to take out here in the Eastern Belt for example. If a guy out here Fourth of July harvested his winter wheat and some and put soybeans in, you wouldn't think anything of it,
0: right? I am right.
5: not saying it's going to be a, a tremendous yielding field of soybeans,
2: but, but it's it, contributes. Soybeans.
5: Yep. Exactly. it contributes. Yep, exactly. That's yep. that's my point, Chip. Yep. Okay, okay. Um, do you think the market and eh,
0: I shouldn't have said market, do you think farmers have most of the information that they need to make a decision on the crop mix for 2023? The reason I say most is because I know that we've got the spring crop insurance price guarantee to be determined yet, but
5: for the most part, have farmers made up their mind, I think for, I think, the, the farmers that traditionally plan ahead mm-hmm. yeah, they have everything locked in. They have their you know they they're set. Um, anybody who does wait is is probably still waiting. Mm-hmm. But I would say this year, um, probably more guys than most have have their you know, more guys than usual, I should mm-hmm. say have everything locked in because you know the concern Uh, am I going to get the the quality of the seed I want and am I going to get the variety if I don't lock in my inputs am I guaranteed I'm going to get them uh you know the list goes on the the supply chain disruptions we had two years ago have had big you know big tails on this and I think that is push exactly yep yeah yep okay so
0: Based on what you know, and, and a big piece of the puzzle is missing, I know, with, with the, the spring price. But based on, on what you know right now, what
5: are you thinking on acres for
0: 23, corn-soybean
5: split? You know, uh, we, we saw one of the big ones come out yesterday, and Forma came out with their numbers. I, I think 92 million corn acres might okay. be a little strong chip. I think that's, okay. that's a little strong. 91. I, I, I could take that. 92, just from what I'm seeing in, in the reports I'm getting from guys that might be a little strong, okay. especially you get a lot of guys looking at, you know what I can put spring wheat in and I'm talking out in the plains. you know, the, the weed I think is going to surprise us a little bit. And, and soybeans, you look at soybeans and I, I, you know, with new crush plants popping up here and there, the local market is, is driving what guys plant a little bit more. And I think we're going to see, you know, soybeans, 88.5. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, and that's, that's the number from, from inform up 1.1 million on the year to see that come in closer to 89. Wouldn't surprise me. I, I, wouldn't be too surprised with everything we're seeing to see a little stronger on the soybean, a little weaker on the corn. And, you know, everybody's talking this big drop in cotton acres from the South. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's, I think it's one way to get all your acres, you know, to match out. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, it's, I I think there's some pretty bold predictions there. And that's like I said, that's my, my thought, you you talk gotcha. to an input supplier, and you know, the guys I've talked to haven't seen anything that would warrant a huge shift in acres. Because, you know, And it, Chip, it comes back to a lot of guys, too. They simply don't want to mess up their rotations. Yeah. That's, you boy, know, I, I think that's going to be a major factor again. No doubt. No and doubt. You, well, and you look at, oh, let's, you know, now quick throw this. You take out, you know, in western Iowa use this mm-hmm. for example you're not going to see somebody go with less corn more soybeans because they're they need that you know that corn ground that they can put manure on right i mean there's there's a fair amount of that with the livestock That's, so absolutely i don't think it, we see huge i think we see less prevent plant from everything we're seeing let's put it that yeah. way i agree with okay. that okay but uh a huge you know, shakeup. I I don't see.
0: And the regional differences in the cash market, as you alluded to, really have a, an impact on, on not only what to expect from the 2023 crops, but what you can get from the 2022 crop on revenue as well. Absolutely. You
5: you look at you know places around and out here in southern Michigan, corn. You know it. it tough finding somebody that really really is pushing for corn yeah. um you know you go south of here 100 miles and and they're pushing hard for low vom corn you yeah. get you know you get out west and you know the ethanol plants one might be pushing hard and drive down the road 20 miles and one might have his coverage for the next two months locked in right. the, the the shift away from an export market chip to a domestic market. Well, I think that's that's good. I think, you know, the more more product we can use domestically, the better we are. But I'm going to say that it's going to create bigger price swings. It's going to be, you know, bigger bigger swings from region to region. Mm-hmm. Um but the one thing that that it's going to have to really drive home to to a producer chip if you see an opportunity to market your grain and you think it's profitable, yeah, do it, right. Because your neighbor is looking at them same bids, right. And you know th- these end users are not afraid to go hand to mouth, not afraid right. at all. And it's it's going to be a little bit more volatile, but yeah, the the price spreads. You know, you you know, look at the positive basis levels we saw. Yeah. Oh, in the in the Iowa market during yeah. harvest. Right. I mean exactly. You know, so it makes uh, a yeah, big, it's difference.
0: Huge. big difference. Huge Huge. Yep. One last question. Did you ever think that you'd be putting in corral panels as short as the panels you're putting in now? For the those mini bovines?
5: You know, this is a family show chip. I don't think you want to hear the language <laughs> that I would use. To describe them short panels. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Good luck with that, cowboy. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you.
0: All right. Carl Setzer, Agrivisor. We'll be back with more Agri Talk in a moment.
4: To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything.
1: You're listening to AgriTalk, Talk, where the conversation begins. Join us at eight five five four Talk Ag. See, I can say a regular if I really try. Welcome back to AgriTalk, Talk, everybody. Davis Michelson here. Chip Flory, standing by. Chip, uh, I've just gotten word. Yeah, we have Todd Bubba Horwitz on the line.
0: Excellent. Excellent, Bubba. Are you there? Eight five five four Talk Ag. He's got it. (laughs) You got it. (laughs) Oh, my friend, I'm glad we got you here because it felt like or it feels like some of the money flow that you have been talking about for the commodity world. It feels like it's starting to happen.
3: Do you see it? I do, but right now, Chip, I feel like I'm the mouse in the little cage running around that wheel and not going anywhere, and, and that's kind of what it feels like right now, but it, 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 the markets in general, the equities feel like they want to get they want to get beat down hard, and I think that frees up a ton of money into the commodity space, and I think that we're going to, I, I believe we're going to see big markets in commodities, that's, that's my honest belief, I, I mean, again, I wouldn't, you know, you know me, I tell you where I, where I stand all yep. the time. And that's what I think. I think we're going a lot higher, but it's becoming a very big challenge. And typically in markets, they make it very challenging to get to where you want to go because there's a lot of sweating going on back and forth. But in the meantime, you know, we're holding in these prices. You've got some talk about what the Fed's going to do. Uh, But I think that before it resolves out, corn and wheat and beans will be much, much higher than they are today. You
0: know, you make a good point about some of the, false starts in these markets. Um, if you're going to be a bull at 680 old crop corn and at $15 plus old crop beans, there's going to be some, some starts and stops before it develops into what you think might happen. Right?
3: Yeah, there always is. Again, you know, markets are never that easy, right? You, occasionally you make a great, brilliant and You look like a genius, but you're really not. You're just getting lucky. But the, the setup that we're watching the solid sweeping around between, let's say, corn between six twenty and 7 bucks, back and forth. You know, it's, it's, it's telling you that it's not going any lower. The sellers are exhausted when they get down there and, and the manipulation trying to break them so they can buy more is not working. And at these prices, you know, you're going to see that there'll be some buyers come in because we know that no matter what we do, input costs are going higher.
0: Well, and you've got those. You've got the end users that are out there looking to hedge on the long side that are saying, "Listen, every time it gets down into this area, you got to buy it because it it jumps back up." So, you, you, there, there's lots of factors that are going on or that are happening to build that price floor in there, right?
3: Hundred percent. There's a there's a, a lot of very very bullish factors in this market that suggest that there's a big move coming. And I, I just compare compared to Bitcoin, not that we trade Bitcoin, but compared to Bitcoin what just happened. It was stuck between fifteen thousand, eighteen thousand, bang, twenty two thousand. And yeah. I expect the same kind of action to come in these in these grain markets and the opposite to happen in the equity markets.
0: Well the opposite is definitely happening in the equity markets today. You got the S and P down one point four eight percent. So it, it it is it is happening over there today as as well, no doubt. Okay, what do we watch for next in the in the ag commodities to make you feel that hey, here it is. This is the next thing that we're looking for to confirm my 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 theory.
3: I think we got to get corn over seven bucks and hold, and I think then we go we fly from there. I think we got to get beans, you know, in the, in the mid 15s and you can fly from there. And they, I mean, they got to hold there. Right? It's not a one sprint, and then they're going to go. They've got to build a base. They've got to start building higher bases. And what will eventually happen, in my opinion, is that they as they stair step themselves up, at some point they just explode, and and then they just take off and start running. And right. you, you you see some limit days. You remember what we saw in wheat last summer? Oh yeah. Okay. I think we're that's what we're going to see across the board. I think when it really gets going, it's not even near going out because the volumes are still dramatically light. Gotcha. Gotcha. Bubba.
0: Thanks so much for making some time for us. Sorry about the start of the show, but we, we sure run to get it's that. It's right, my favorite
3: show. <laughs> we've been together since the beginning, baby. love you. I'll since, talk to you. Bye Davis.
1: Bye Bubba. <laughs> thanks for calling in. <laughs> Todd Bubba Horwitz, everybody. Todd <laughs> Bubba Horwitz. Um, <clears throat> Let's get back to the conversation with Carl Setzer from okay, AgriVisor okay. because he said he said some very interesting things about what happens to the domestic markets as shifts began to take place. He started at they don't care so much about the U.S. market, they're more concerned about the global market. And now um, we even drilled down just into local U.S. markets and how that might um, how those markets and their performances might affect planting decisions, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I guess for, my first question is: Is Carl is is Carl an export demand bear suddenly? Well, you Was know, he here's the deal. On, yeah. He
0: he he gave me a couple of thoughts that we are definitely going to work into the panel discussion next week at Top Producers uh, mm-hmm. Summit. Because I'm going to be, I, I'm moderating a panel on global trade flows. How are they going to change going forward? Um, there are, there was, when he said that we're going to start producing more and more for the domestic market, that it, it kind of fits with some of the thoughts that I've heard from well-respected shops that as time goes on, the export market is be- is going to become less and less important to the U.S. market because our market share is just going to continue to dwindle away and we're going to mm-hmm. use up more and more of it here in the United States.
1: Um, hopefully we can use it.
0: Well, yeah, hopefully we can. And, and it is a conversation that that I am very much looking forward to there. And you know what? We talked about the domestic markets and some of the regional differences out there, too. Got tagged in a, a tweet from Dan. He says it's a bit aggravating when guests talk about 740 corn, but here in Wisconsin, it's 640 and yields are nothing like in some areas. Acting like we are dumb not to sell. No, no, don't take it that way. It, when we talk about the markets on a national basis, you've got to put your regional differences and keep those regional differences in your mind in deciding whether or not this is a good time to sell what what we were talking about yesterday in particular was based on what's happening in futures it's a good time to at least set price if you want to leave basis open that's up to you all right have a great night everybody we'll see you tomorrow morning on agritalk